I'm excited for real about today because the first, I need y'all to know if you've missed any of this series, it's fine. You can go back and watch it if you want to. But just a quick summary. The first three chapters of Ephesians are amazing chapters. And it's really talking about, if I was going to summarize it in one word, I would say wealth. That what we have in Christ is unbelievable riches or wealth. But then there's a transition and it goes from this knowledge and a theological understanding to then live it out. And so it goes from wealth to then walk is how I would say the last three chapters are supposed to be read and understood as a letter. And so there is a, a pretty major transition. It's awesome. It's supposed to be read as one letter, but there's a, a very different thought. It's not, okay, so this is what that means. Y'all learned this. Y'all got this. Now let's live this. Y'all okay? That's what it means. So we're going to live this. And the more I studied, the more I realized that I believe this is what chapter 4 is about. Or let me say it this way. It's, it's a takeaway that I believe we're supposed to walk away with. Because I think it's one of the rarest things in the capital C church. Is this, does it see this way? I'm backwards. The, I think it's one of the rarest things to experience true what, what pastors, what we like to call biblical community. So I titled this message because I like cool titles. No one ever remembers. I'm the only one that cares, but just care with me for a second. It's the community conundrum. Isn't that a nice vocab word? Conundrum. Someone say conundrum. The community conundrum. We could have called it the, the problem with true community, but that's not as fun. So it's the community conundrum. This is what I want to tell you about it. I just want to be real simple. I don't want to blow your minds. And even if I did, I'd not be able to. So there you go. The problem with true community is, one, I think that we think biblical community, if you, ever, if you grew up in church, just, just say yes. You don't have to raise your hand because I don't want to embarrass the other people and everybody else. But if you grew up in church, say yes. yes. Here's what we think of community, the yeses. We think of either our Sunday school socials. Because you know you had some with weird people. And you might have gone to a small group when you started going to a modern church like this one when we don't have Sunday school because even if we wanted it, we don't have rooms to do it. So, so if you have small groups, this is the mentality of religious people. Let's just call it what it is. I'm going to put the cards on the table. Stop being nice. Religiousness makes it feel like that community is sitting around and telling me and me telling you in a proverbial peeing contest of spirituality how much we know about Jesus. As if that helps. When I'm in the deepest, darkest places. Oh, Mark is so theologically sound. He knows so much. I'm so impressed with him. I should call him. I feel like giving up. Huh? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? So we sit around and we fake it. Someone say fake. fake. Does it not feel like that sometimes? We're all just like, oh, how is it? It's great. It ain't great. That's a lie. How do you know? COVID? You talking to? Anyone that tells me during 2020, life's so good, lying? You may have a positive outlook. I th now listen, I'm positive. I believe wholeheartedly that God's on the move, that we're going to get through this, that he's doing it on purpose, that he's allowing it, but it sucks. <laughs> so just because, let me, this is free. It has nothing to do with the message. Just because you say something sucks or believe something sucks, oh, your language is offensive. I'm talking about you. Keep going. Just because you believe something stinks. I got in trouble yesterday from my wife for saying that. It's a bad word. 
But just because you believe that does not mean that you're not optimistic. The pessimistic person believes there's no hope for better. So, so that is a sunshine pumper that thinks everything's positive. Hashtag, it don't work. Some of us have to face the music, and the others, others of us need to turn the music down. And take the music off Facebooks. Because, <laughs> my God, some of y'all ain't afraid to complain on the Facebooks and the social medias because everybody has to know everything. That's not true either. Okay? But the problem with biblical community is we've made it weird. I could have summarized it and just said we've made it weird. Or we've made it impossible where you have to be so smart. You have to have three degrees in theology to be able to go in and otherwise you're afraid. You're that kid that was like, that's me in the classroom. You're that kid that you're like, should I answer? Because the teacher's waiting and I want to shoot my hand up because I like to talk a lot, but I know it's going to be wrong. (laughs) Right? Y'all know. So it's like, "Mm, Mark, I don't know. And it's, it's awkward. It feels like we're bad people. Pastor, I haven't read the Bible through as many times as you have. Do you know the people, I swear to y'all I'm not making this up, the people, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of them that have known the Bible more than anyone I've ever met. I promise you, Lee will tell you this is true. I had, a, I had a professor in college that I'm pretty sure had the Bible memorized. <laughs> I can't even memorize my phone number. Who are you talking to? Hide a word in the heart. I'm trying, but I'm also trying to remember what I had for lunch Thursday. <laughs> right? He had the whole Bible memorized, I promise you. It was unbelievable. It was a professor at Liberty. Two years after I had him as a professor, his life was over because he had had an awful, messy affair. And it was really bad because it had to do with the school. And so, so what I'm trying to help you understand is that that wasn't biblical community just because he could go into a community of people and impress them with how much Bible he knew. Religiousness tells you that you have to know more about God to have a relationship with God. And while I'm not discounting knowing about God, because I love it. I love the education side of it. I love it. I love to study. But my life can be a lie if it's not setting in. Because community has nothing to do with my unbelievable intellect or the lack thereof. Has everything to do with connectivity. Because I put a definition of community for you. It's a feeling of fellowship with others resulting in sharing common, someone say common, Common. attitudes, interests, and goals. And this is the reality. Community just means common unity. Common unity. Common unity. You know, the other challenge, the other challenge of community and why I think biblical community is such a struggle is because it's not uniformity. It's not uniformity. Unity does not mean uniformity. So for me to have true unity or harmony with you, which is so important, if you understand the Bible, it is so important for us to walk together in unity or harmony. But we, I think, and maybe this is just me, because when I go through messages, I look at the challenges and I start going, this is what I think, this is what I think, and then I give it to you. And I, I oftentimes think that we believe that I can't sit down with someone that I don't vote like or think like or do things like or my background's not like because we're not uniformly the same. And so if we're not careful, watch this, this is free too. If we're not careful when we try to preach the gospel or share, we don't even say preach the gospel. When we share the gospel, what we're trying to do is not just 
not just have them experience the goodness of God by trusting Jesus as Savior and giving their life to him. We're trying to make them like us. And if God wanted us to make others like us, he would have said, make disciples and make them like you. But what I'm supposed to do is point them to Jesus. He'll make them like him. And he loves, if you've heard the first couple messages, he loves the vast array of colors. And I don't, I don't just mean the skin. I mean, I mean the variety of personalities, the variety of backgrounds, the variety of countries. He loves it. So, so, so instead of trying to make someone uniform, do you know, this is also free. That's why we share our opinions so angrily and so mightily and so forcefully because we think they need to think like us. They don't need to think like us. They need to think like he would have them think. Someone say uniformity. That ain't unity. That's not how it works. And so we face this challenge. We go into this chapter facing this challenge of, I believe wholeheartedly that God wants biblical community to happen, but I also understand it's really tough because there's pitfalls along the way. Because this is the reality of, of true biblical community. It's messy. I share my life with my brothers. If I'm married, I share my life with my brothers and sisters, and we just say stuff like this. You know what? Me and Lee is a mess right now. This is not true. Praise God, things are pretty good right now. But I got to tell you, in 19 years, preach it with me. It's been bad. There's been really bad days. Hey, you know what a pastor's not supposed to say, but I don't give a rat's behind, I'll say it anyway. There's been days that I've looked at her and I've thought these things. I just want to choke her, and I have no idea why. <laughs> hmm? Pastor, you can't say that. I don't care. Who's going to stop me? <laughs> you cannot come back, and that would, be, that would be one way that it would stop, I guess. But the truth is, that's the truth. And if you know why you feel that way, G.I. Joe used to say, knowing's half the battle. <laughs> but I didn't even know half the battle. I had no idea why I felt that way. She had bad breath, and she does this thing with her fingernails. <laughs> no, I'm being for real. She's awesome. She's the best woman that I know. I mean that with all my heart. But there's days that I just don't understand it. I just look at her and say, ugh. No one tells you that in premarital counseling. And if they did, you wouldn't believe it. You'd be like, not me. We're going to have sex 100 times a day. <laughs> no, you're not. You're going to get some gray hair, and you're going to get tired of them. We, got, we can be honest. So something's got to give or watch. This is going to give. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? If it's a bridge that a relationship, listen, you got to think of a relationship like a bridge. And if a relationship is truly like that, then when these feelings, because what we just sang is even when I don't feel it, you're working. But right now what I feel is, hmm, or hmm, or whatever, whatever it is, whatever it's supposed to be, I ain't feeling it. And so in, in close personal relationships and, and friendships and stuff like that, the people I'm closest to are the hardest ones to be real with. Because I can fake it with you if you don't know me. But you know the real me, and it's embarrassing, and it's tough, and I hate it. So I, I'm left with this conundrum. And Paul talks about it. Y'all look at this. Picking up in verse 1. Of Ephesians chapter 4, he says, I therefore, and that's just looking at the, the previous verses, by the way, a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk. And if y'all remember, I'm going to go quick. That just means the way we conduct ourselves in circuit, around. I urge you to walk. And I, I think this 
is what the next three chapters are really showing us. This is the way you walk. A man are worthy of your calling, which you have been called. With all, how do we do it? With all humility and gentleness, with patience. This is huge. I need y'all to get this part. Bearing with one another in love. Eager to maintain the unity. Someone say unity. Like, what do I want you to be eager about? To, be, to, to maintain the unity in the spirit, of the spirit, excuse me, in the bond of peace. Look at this. I think this is so cool. Bearing with one another. How many of y'all have ever thought, I think it'd be amazing to do a fixer-upper? Raise your hand and just show me. I'm going to make fun of you. Because y'all watch the games, isn't that their names? Joanna, whatever you love her. <laughs> she can be the best when she's doing it. Y'all just aren't allowed. Hire somebody. Because <laughs> you talk about wanting to joke each other. <laughs> Let you who don't know what you're doing do it. Now, if you got a dad who's, got, who's a general contractor, it's a little easier. But do what you want to do. But, but here's, here's what you learn. Not every wall, not every wall, not every wall. I need y'all to get this. This is huge. Everybody can get it. This is easy. Not every wall in a home or in any structure is load-bearing. Y'all know what load-bearing means? It means weight from the top, from the next floor, story, or the roof is sitting on that wall. you got walls in your house that if you tear it down, it's just, okay, cool. And then you got walls that are load-bearing because that up there is sitting on that. Did you know that if you tear a load-bearing wall down, <laughs> I've seen it. Can I tell y'all something? I've seen it done. I might have done it, but don't worry about it. <laughs> if you do it, and you don't support the wall. What happens? This is literally what this word means. Bearing with one another does not mean you put up with them. It means you get under them. It means like a jack in a house that you're putting down and it's holding up a wall because you know that's about to come down and we want to put, we want to put something in the middle We'll put an I-beam or whatever down the middle so, so that that wall's no longer there. But in order for it to not collapse when I tear it down, something's got to hold it up. Well, that's us. That, that literally, this is what this is saying. Because Galatians has the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, general self-control. This is the fruit of unity in the Spirit. This is this, with humility, gentleness, patience. And then bearing, which is kind of different. But, it, but if you read all of those nine that are described as the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, it kind of helps you understand how do I live it out. And sometimes I've got to be there as a support system for my brothers, for my wife. But I need her to have the right people in her life to be able to do the same thing. I need to have trustworthy friends for Leah and trustworthy friends for Mark that I can tell them, I don't know what is, what's going on in her world right now, but I don't know how to help her. And them not think she's horrible. So listen, I wish, I'm not preaching on this today, but I got to tell you, this ain't everybody. If you do this with everybody, <laughs> you are, you're going to have a mess on your hands, which is oftentimes what we do wrong, correct? We're hurting real bad, so we want everyone to feel our side or, or hurt for us. So people that aren't supposed to be weight bearers in your life, because scaffolding's awesome. But scaffolding can't hold the weight of a roof. And if you try to put weight bearing on scaffolding and not a pillar, you're in trouble. You have to have pillars in your life. You have to have pillars in your life. What are they? They're the I'm going to jail if you're going down people. I'm for real. That's those people. 
They're the people, listen, that when I'm in the room with them, they're not trying to be ministered to 24-7. I don't have to be Pastor Mark. I don't have to glow in the dark. I can tell them the truth. And I love what I get to do, and I'm grateful for the gifts of God. But I also stink, and I need to be able to be real with people. And if I have no weight bearers in my life, then I am not, listen to me, look at my face. You were not made to carry all the weight that you're trying to carry. And sometimes in a husband-wife relationship, this is nothing to do with marriage, but I'm just telling you. Sometimes in a husband-wife relationship, it's not possible for me to be able to comprehend what alien language she's speaking and what alien language I'm speaking back because men and women are so different. Unless we have people we can process it with. Unless we can have big brothers and big sisters and sometimes spiritual fathers and mothers, but you need all of them in your life to help kick it up. Can I tell you what I can't be? We have around 800 people that come through this church in the course of a month, maybe six weeks. I promise you Mark Pangle can't do that for everybody. <laughs> I, I don't even do it well for my brother sometimes. But we got to have it or we're in trouble. And I'm going to show you what kind of trouble we're in in just a second. Keep going. Then from, from verse 4 to verse 14, I wish I had time, but I want you to read it on your own. But this is what Paul describes. He's like, listen, unity, unity, unity. Now, let me tell you what the unity's about. There's one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who's over all, through all, in all. And, and over and over, Paul describes Jesus as the one who holds all things together. Who holds all things together. If y'all remember the first week, what I said that I believe Ephesians helps us understand is, who am I? And then watch this. What's my purpose? What's the point? And what I think a big red flag area that we lose purpose in is when these kickers in our lives are not there. And the weight comes on us, and we feel lonely and abandoned and abused and neglected. And we don't know where to turn. And he's like, I need you to understand that I made you not only to be one in me, like the vine and the branches, but also let the vine and the branches understand that the branches have to remain together as well. That there has to be a unity in the church, that there's connectivity that has to take place. And, and he literally talks about it, but this is what he says. I gave you gifts, but the point of the gifts are not to be celebrated, but to equip the saints for works of service is what it says. So it literally says, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, preachers, teachers, to equip the church to do the work so that everyone can know who he is. So we get to this point that I need y'all to understand how cool this is. Because throughout this series so far, accidentally, I'm just telling you I didn't plan it this way, we've, we've talked about negatives in film and we've talked about development and we've talked about all of these different things. And then I learned this week when I'm looking at unity that there's a thing called the principle of unity in photography. Have any of y'all heard of this before? Never heard of it. I don't really study it, though. <laughs> like, photography's not the first thing on my list every day. And this is what, I'm going to simplify it, this is what the principle of unity is. And this helps me understand how much it's not about me and what I do in Christ. Why equipping is more important than being famous or being known or, or having a good thing that I do. Because unity in photography, a great photographer, it occurs when all the elements, someone say all. all. Did you know that when you just said that, that included you? That when God's looking down on us as 
the one who paints the perfect picture, who designed you on purpose. He said in chapter 1, remember, you're, chapter 2, sorry, verse 10, you're his workmanship, the, the masterpiece. But he doesn't paint masterpieces by themselves. He creates one massive canvas, and you and I are on it together. This says when the elements, or us, of a photo complement, someone say complement, each other, making it balanced, harmonious, and whole. So, you know what happens with hyper-spiritual people? Is we, we like to believe that we know so much about God. And if I'm not talking about anybody else in this room, I'm talking about me in the past. We know so much about God, I don't need help. And while this is true, this is true, I don't want to downplay it, he is the peace that passes all understanding. The Bible says he's the prince of peace, that, that, that he guards my heart and mind with his peace, that it's a peace that passes all understanding. And all of those things are true, but if I do it on my own, I can't do it. No matter how much I know about him, when the weight is coming on me, I lose all thought of God. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't even think about it. I'm thinking about all the, the weight. I'm thinking about all the thing and how lonely I am and how isolated I am and I'm miserable and the only thing I can think that other people must do is they must not care. They must not care anything about me. They've forgotten me. If y'all have never been here before, then I'm not preaching to you right now. But Lord knows I have. And it is so easy to get isolated. You know what's interesting? If... If, if God's painting the perfect picture to complement, to balance, to bring together that all the elements work together, that what the enemy wants for me is to not be a part of the picture that God's painting. Why is biblical community important? Because if he can isolate you, you'll do all the damage to yourself. And no matter how much I know about him, I'm not going to be a part of what God's trying to portray, which is his goodness, his light his love for the world, how great our God really is. I'm serious. This is his plan, and he wants to use every single one of us, and there's no one that he didn't create with unbelievable, unbelievable gift. But if I focus on my gift or I focus on wanting to impress you, I end up competing rather than complimenting. That's why marriage is so difficult oftentimes because we're supposed to be the perfect partnership union that complement each other, but we end up competing who's the best parent, who talks the most, which, which family's spending more time with who. And it's ridiculous, but we do it, don't we? Balanced, harmonious, completely whole, but it is nearly impossible. It's crazy. Nothing that I'm saying today, I want you to believe that I believe it's easy. I believe it is hard work next rather speaking the truth in love he says we're to grow up someone say grow up y'all love saying that tell your kids tell your family tell your little brothers and sisters grow up this is not what he's saying he's saying i want you to reach a level of maturity in every way into who into who into him not into massive understanding, not into unbelievable intellect, not, not, in, not into you're great at what you do, but into Christ, who's the head, from whom the whole body, from whom the whole body joined and held together over and over. This is the theme. God in Jesus holds all things together. He holds all things together. Colossians says he holds all things together over and over. He holds all things together, but you can't miss this. What does he hold all things together by? Every 
Say it loud. By every joint with which it is equipped. Reverse. My job as a pastor is to equip. So what he's saying there is, even though Jesus is, absolutely, don't take anything away from this, what holds all things together, what gives me peace, because remember, peace means wholeness or held together, tied up. And when you feel broken up, it's because you lack peace. Oftentimes I lack peace because I have understanding about Jesus, but I've not got full Jesus. And I, I, I probably, I probably can't if I'm not held up. Jesus is our anchor. Jesus is our capstone or cornerstone. But I don't think it's by chance that he says he's building a building, an edifice, and that each one of us are living stones. Someone say living. We're living stones. And if he's building a temple, not made by human hands, but made by us, the living stones have to be joined together in order for the structure to be made as wonderful and good as it's supposed to be. And as long as I try to isolate and do it on my own, I'm like, I got Jesus. Yeah, but you're just a rock. You're just a stone. On your own, I'm just stony. I'm just stony. And that kind of looks like a heart, doesn't it? He says, I do it so that it builds itself up in, in what? In love. This is so good, y'all. I'm about to preach good, so I hope y'all are ready. Help me, Jesus. Okay. It says, now I, this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles. This is so important. I need y'all to circle this one. In the futility of their minds. He says, because they are darkened in their understanding. Darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. They become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy, and to practice every kind of impurity. Look at this. Futility in the Greek, in the original language, means a lack of purpose. Go back. What does every person want to know? Whether you're asking it or not, what's the point? What's my purpose? Well, once I've given over, watch this. Once you've isolated yourself and you've given over to this, this is going to happen. Futility is going to be in your mind. Followed by dark, which look at what it means, obscuring God's light. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, you know how important God's light is that it takes a negative. And with God's light, you have the real picture of what it's supposed to be. So if you want to know your purpose, if you want to know the whole picture, if you want to know, and you're not going to get the whole picture, but you get to, you know in part, you get small portions. And it happens oftentimes when brothers and sisters hold me up. But on the equal and opposite extreme, what happens in my life is I get offended. You know what the Bible says about offense in Proverbs 18? An offended brother is like a fortified city. Verse 19. It might be 21. My heart gets so hard that I'm like a city, a citadel. A big battery ram has to take me down because I'm so hard. And the Bible talks about this in Ezekiel, that this heart of stone, he makes a heart of flesh. Well, it's interesting because the Bible says that I'm a living stone, that he's building me up. So why is isolation such a big deal? 
because now what's supposed to bring me together and in the love of unity, in, in the way God does it, and love does not mean soft. Love doesn't mean that you don't stand in truth. As a matter of fact, what Paul said here is, it's the truth in love. You speak the truth in love. You, you don't, you're not blind. We have to be able to rebuke each other in love. If we can't, we're so proud, we just turn them away. You can't tell me what to do. Don't we do that? That's because of our pride. That's because of the hardness of our heart. That we can't look at each other in love and take correction. We don't even like for our parents to correct us. Better yet, brothers, sisters. Better yet, people that are older than us that can speak into our lives. We, we fight against it with every part of our lives. Therefore, true biblical community is almost impossible to happen. And what happens? Here's what the Lord showed me this week that I thought was so cool, so I'm going to show you. I just felt like the futility and the hardening of our hearts was a picture of the cap. You know, no matter how much this camera costs, no matter if this camera is a $50,000 camera or a $10 camera, it works the same with, I can't even get it on now, bless my heart, with the cap on. Did y'all know that? That as long as I put this cap on, what do I see? Someone say it. Just darkness. If you want to know what a hard heart looks like, it's the inability to see what God would have me see. So you may be living your life and you may look successful. You may look like you got everything together. But as soon as you let this come into your life because of a lack of community, because of a lack of peace, it's the hardening of your heart that takes place. And all of a sudden, the only thing that I can see is this. Watch. Once this happens, the only thing I want to do is make uniformity. I want to point out everything that you're doing wrong and everything that you should do to, just to know that I'm right because I'm awesome and you're not. I point out every little flaw in my wife because she's the closest one to me and nobody knows the darkness in my heart more than Leah when the cap's on. Watch what the next verse says. It's fascinating. He says, but that's not the way that you learn, assuming that you've learned about Jesus, about him, and, and, and that's not what you were taught as the truth is in Jesus to put off to put off, y'all look, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner. Put off offense. Put off the shame of your past. Put off being embarrassed to share the truth about what you've been through in your life. Put off trying to go it alone. Put off, put off, put off, put off. Take it off. It is not going to work this way because that former manner is corrupt through deceitful desires. How, listen, y'all better get this. How do I know if the cap's on? Check your desires. When I check my heart, the thing I'm, the thing I, I'm not talking about stethoscope and thum, 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 thum. I'm talking about what are your hopes? What do you think about when you think about other people? Do you think those idiots? Do you point out all the flaws? Do you find all the junk in everybody else's life? Are you easily offended? Because that is a sign that I've put the cap on. That's a sign that biblical community for me is now, according to scripture, what it says in Proverbs 18, it's nearly impossible because I've become so hardened, callous. That word for callous is really cool. In the original language, it's literally where we get the term for callous in the, or plaque in our hearts, in, in the veins, in the arteries. 
What happens when you get too much artery and plaque in your, in your veins? Y'all say the word. You get a, you have a heart attack. And I've just thought about it this week with the caps on and thought, man, we got people left and right having heart attacks and we accuse them of being sorry. We got people who are spiritually dying, laying in sick beds all over churches across America, including our own church. And the first thing that we think when we find out someone's having a mental illness, a personal illness is, get over it. Y'all, look at my face. Uh-uh. Like, that's from the devil. For real. Because none of us have faced what some people have faced, but all of us have faced the isolation. All of us have probably faced some form of an anxiety and depression. None of us, or very few of us, have ever faced what some of our family and friends have faced when this thing happens I'm going to show you what the Bible says we'll do but anything's possible once futility hits my mind and hardness hits my heart I'm capable of any and every awful thing what does Paul say to do he says to be renewed in the spirit of my mind. What does renewed in the spirit mean? Now that I've taken the cap off, it's not just that I see, but I get to see differently. Because this is what I've learned about photography. I thought this was really cool. You know, my friends who are photographers have told me, Mark, it's really not important for you to buy an expensive camera. You, gotta, you have to buy expensive, what are these? Lenses. They said $150, $200 camera these days. As long as you buy a $500 lens, you won't believe the difference in quality. You get several lenses, you can have an amazing camera, and the machine itself's not, not that important. You know what I've learned? I'm the machine. Not that important. But the, the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills has, has a lens like the dudes that you watch do on the side of the NFL. Y'all seen them in college games? Their lenses are like this long. Like, dang, dude's in bounds with his lens, right? It's amazing. And they take the most unbelievable shots. You're like, I wonder how much that costs or what God will put on your eyes. Click. When I put on the new self, when my mind is renewed and I put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness, I'll begin to see people, not for their faults, because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the... Heart, the inward appearance. And even though you may be in a mess, I can look at you in love. Why? Because I see what God wants me to see. I see with a different lens. I'm not hardened. I'm not capped. I've put off the old self. What 2 Corinthians 5, what Paul said to that church in Corinth is, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. But there has to be a renewing of the mind every day. Why? Because I'm human and my life's messy, and I'm going to go through difficult things, and if I'm not careful, I'll pick that old cap up and go, screw them, I'm done. Come on, we've all done it. I'm done with them. I'm done with them. You know when we should be done with them? I, listen, let me make sure that you understand. I'm not saying that we have to have close, intimate relationship with, quote, unquote, them, but you know when we should be done with them? When God's done with them. And if they're still breathing, God ain't done. It's so easy for me to point out everybody else's flaws. You know when I do that the best? When the cap's on. You know when I'm able to see people with love 
wanting to see their lives change, not caring who they're going to vote for, not caring what side they're on. Y'all, it's okay to have an opinion. We all have them. It's fine. I don't think it's wrong at all. I think you should pray through who you're going to vote for even. That's great. But it's not more important than their soul. Therefore, having put away falsehood, look at this. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members, look at me, of one another. Like the most annoying person in the world, if they know Jesus, we're part. It doesn't mean that you share every single thing with them, but we're members together. And if the perfect picture is going to be shown, they need build up, built up too. I believe this is our recipe. We have to be willing to speak the truth in love. We have to be willing to get, listen to me, we have to be willing to give rebuke. Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, you don't want to help them then. Because if they got the cap on, they got to have someone that loves them enough to take the cap off, to show them the caps on. But you can't do it like a bull in a china shop. You can't do it with hate in your heart. You can't do it if your cap's on. Don't, listen, help, let me help you. Don't tell anybody their cap's on if your cap's on. Y'all be shooting with cap guns. <laughs> that was awful. But I wanted to close with this. Man, I felt so deep, deeply convicted this week. Try to be um, careful with my words. Um, but I want y'all to get this, man. There's a person in our community who tragically passed away. Some of y'all don't know him. I don't care to give you any more detail than that. Um, it's very sad. We had a conversation as a team earlier in the week. And the basic premise of the conversation was, how can it get to that point where it's so hopeless? And I just thought, man, it's so easy. Y'all listen to me. <laughs> so easy so easy so easy to to live my life isolated where no one really knows what's in here cause y'all I'm just telling you I'm talented enough to put on a show to make you believe that I've got it together when I really don't but do you know what happens when you don't have biblical community you don't have real friends you're not supposed to have a ton but you gotta have some that you can just look at and say, you know what, for real. It's what I started with. I don't understand, but I just, I just really, she frustrates me right now. I don't understand, but I just, I really don't feel motivated toward. I really feel frustrated toward. I'm offended at. You gotta have somebody that is a vault that won't share it with anybody else that you can talk about the abuse that happened when you were 10 years old. Because if you keep that to yourself, like a chisel, the enemy continues to knock away at that foundation. And you wonder, why do I suck so bad? I'm so embarrassed. And then in the futility of your mind, because you've gotten hardened, you start giving over to some sins that you thought, I will never do those things. And in the middle of that circumstance, in the middle of that thing, and some people have these chemical things that I can't even begin to comprehend on top of all of that to go, it's just dark, it's cloudy, it's hopeless, and I don't know what to do. 
if they could scream and not be embarrassed. They'd scream at the top of their lungs and what they would say is, Help! But you know what? When you feel isolated like that, you don't think anybody's listening. Look at me. You think you're alone. The enemy's lied to you enough to believe that you're alone. And so this living stone that's supposed to be connected to other living stones, you're now a living stone that's calcifying, not movable like the Bible says, he's the potter and I'm the clay, not movable, not able to be molded, but so hard and stuck. I really believe oftentimes the only thing, the only possibility in people's minds when it gets this hopeless is nobody will even know. And I'm just going to give up. And you know what Christians do? If I start crying, I apologize because I'm trying really hard. You know what we do? We, we look at people who are in that position and we say, how selfish. Do you know who the selfish one is? It's me. Like, for real, listen to me. I'm tired of people getting shot when they're wounded. We're the worst ever at bearing one another in love. We can all think of a circumstance where someone tragically did something to themselves and there was a bad thing going on in their life and our reaction oftentimes is that's what happens and I'm, I know things are embarrassing and it's tough to face but it's y'all look at my face it's messy like if you, if you don't want this now now's a good time to leave and I'm not talking about this room I'm talking about biblical community because you're going to face it. Maybe not you personally, but someone that you're running with. I promise in your life, I promise you, you're going to face the ugliest, darkest things. You're going to face marriages breaking up. You're going to face homes breaking up. You're going to face lives at the wit's end. And you know, we're all about church as long as it's pretty and it's tucked in and it's tight. and it's. But that's a lie. Sometimes our lives feel like they're falling apart and we don't know where to turn. And I'm, I'm here to tell you what God ordained for the church to be is you turn to him first and in Christ, he holds it all together, but we're tied together. And some of y'all really do need to break some of those soul ties of some of those past relationships because you don't need to be tied to everybody. But you got to be tied to somebody. Because if you're not when it gets to the lowest point and you don't have any real biblical community, when you look up and people say things like this, why didn't they call anybody? Who were they going to call? Listen to me. Who were they going to call? You know whose fault it is? It starts with me. I take full responsibility for the parts of my life that I've said it's off limits. It's never going to be all on limits to all. But there has to be some that know all. And it's a few, but they got to know. Why? Because I'm not a superhero. I'm a man made in the image of God who has unbelievable untapped potential until Christ reigns. You will be you will do things in your life that you can't even comprehend on this side in darkness with the cap on 
as long as you try to be impressive. As long as you try to seem like you got it together. But you can walk in freedom. When you open up and say, you know what, bro, I'm just being honest, man. My life sucks. But I believe God has an unbelievable plan and I need help. So help me, God. So help me, God. Here's the response today. It is insane, so I'm just going to throw it out and let y'all know the truth. (laughs) I'm just being real with y'all because I think this is the dumbest way I could possibly do it. But I really feel led to do it. You do what you want with it. I feel like we're supposed to respond by actually practicing this. Which means I want you, if you feel like I'm talking to you, I'm not. I promise, I'm not thinking of one person in this room. I'm just doing what I feel like God's told me to do. The band's going to come up here. They're going to be looking. I'm going to be looking. Everybody's looking. We're not closing our eyes. We're not bowing our heads, and they're not dropping the lights. I want us to practice biblical community right now. If this is you in this room, and you're like, Mark, my heart's about to beat out of my chest. It feels like the whole freaking message was for me. I need help in Jesus' name. I'm not your help but I'm some people's help in Christ. But there's somebody close to you that will put their arm around you and begin to walk with you in Christ. And we're going to model it today. We're going to model it right now. I need you to be bold enough to say, watch this, because if you're too scared in here to stand up where you got people that will put their arms around you and hold you up and pray over you, which is what I'm going to ask people to do right now, I promise you're going to be alone in your bed tonight. And you're going to think I'm by myself and you're not going to share. This is step one. I need you to stand to your feet right now. I'm not going to do a big pump up moment. I believe this is you and Jesus. But there was lots of people in the first. Without being overly emotional. Be honest. And if this has been for you, you stand to your feet right now. Come on. All over the room, you stand to your feet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Stand up now. If this is for you, stand up. Don't Don't let pride keep you in your seat. Don't be embarrassed. Stand up to your feet right now. Stand up to your feet right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here's what I want y'all to do. This is participation. Participation. If you're not currently standing up and you know somebody, you love somebody, I don't care if you got to walk across the room, nobody cares. I know we got COVID, but nobody's got it in here in Jesus' name. We bind it. I don't want you to breathe in people's faces, but I want you to extend your hand out and put it on their shoulder. I want you to, figuratively speaking, prop somebody up. And I want everybody to be touched, so I will stand here and I will wait until everybody's got a brother or sister that's putting their arms around other people. But y'all move. Y'all move right now. Let's hold each other up. You do not have to get up, but if you do, touch somebody that's touching somebody on the shoulder. If you do not, I just would love for you to just extend your arm out. It's not weird. We're just saying... Figuratively speaking, Lord, we're locking in. We're locking in. God in this place. 
There's been so many days, Lord, that I've been faking it. Lord, I didn't even share this part, but I confess it in front of my brothers and sisters that in 2019, there were several, several, several days that I didn't want to get out of bed. And it wasn't a job situation. It wasn't, it was isolation. And a lot of it was self-inflicted wounds. I couldn't see the forest from the trees anymore, Lord. I, I didn't know where to turn. I was embarrassed because I'm a pastor. I can't have these feelings. But God, I honestly believe that's why pastors struggle so bad in suicide. Because so many of my brothers struggle so bad. And we have to have it all together. Well, Lord, we don't. <laughs> and so many people in here don't. And we're tired of being fake. And I believe, God, you want to paint a perfect picture in here. But Lord, Jesus, it's messy. It's messy. You want unity to happen because the principle of unity says the elements work together, but God, it's so hard not to put the cap on and be isolated. God, we choose today to say to hell with isolation because that's what hell is. It's solitary confinement. It's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's all alone. And many of us experience quote unquote hell on earth, but God, we rebuke that today. We say we're not proud of where we are, but we're also going where, we're, where we've not been. We believe that you've got a plan for us, and even when we don't feel it, you're working. That you work all things together, 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 and you use relationships to accomplish that. It's your purpose, it's your plan, and we bind together, God. So God, forgetting what's behind us, we press on toward the mark in Christ Jesus, and we lay down our pride at your feet. Lord, we, we lay down worrying so much about what people think and did I do good and was this impressive and Lord, we lay it down and we say, you built us to come together and so like living stones that are built together in Jesus' name, we cast all of our cares and our hurts and our past at your feet and we say, God, it's not gonna make all things better today, but if we walk together, how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in harmony. It's like the dew on Mount Hermon. So refreshing, so new every morning, making rivers down that mountain. It's like the oil that runs down the head and the beard and all the way down the robe of Aaron. And that's where you command a blessing. And so God, I declare in this place, not by my power or might, but by your spirit, the commanded blessing in this room over homes, over lives, over situations. God, may your blessing fall like it's never fallen before. May we experience in our homes newness of life. May we experience freshness. May a fresh wind of your Holy Spirit fill every single person, every single place, every single seat. And may we never be the same because of you, Jesus. Because of you, Jesus. Before we start singing, I just felt like the Holy Spirit wants me to do one other thing and if he doesn't, I'll err on the side of being wrong and not care. There's somebody in here, I just feel like that you can do all this stuff you want to but you're not really a part of the house of the family because you've never trusted Jesus as Lord and so you'll leave here at least having people praying for you but you won't leave here a member of the household of faith, a part of God's people by trusting Jesus as Lord. You've never made him Lord of your life. So we had one person in the first. I just need to know who it is in this second service. Who is it?
that would say, Mark, I'm not even saved. I've never made Jesus Lord of my life. And right here, right now, I'm going to do that. Just throw your hand up wherever you are. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. I'm not, I'm not waiting long. I want to trust Jesus. I believe God's moving. I don't have to do anything magic. I just need you to say, that's me, Mark. You can make eye contact with me. Wave your hand at me. I see you. Who else? Who else? Who else? Is it you? Who else? Here's what I need you to do. Let's do this out loud as a family. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised from the dead, you are saved. I had at least one brother look at me, and maybe more. I think I might have seen two people. But no matter what, I know there's people in here that want to be saved. Another one? Another person. Y'all look, we're going to do this together as a family. I want you to be loud and proud. I want you to repeat after me, Jesus, I believe you died, you rose again, and you're alive in Jesus. I give you my life. Today, I came in here not knowing you, but I'm leaving as yours. I'm your child. I'm joining the household of faith by giving you my life. I choose Jesus. I choose forgiveness. I choose love and your sacrifice. Thank you. I love you. Amen. If you meant it when you said it, if you meant it when you said it, today is the day of salvation. I don't know how many there are because I know it was several of you, so I need you to do this with me. I need you to take your cell phone out. This is super easy and it's not weird. Take your cell phone out right now. Take your cell phone out right now. I'm going to do it with you. Take your cell phone out right now. 864. If you don't dial 864, we won't get it. 864-606-3600. 864-606-3600. You just have to text one word alive. You're not going to get spam. You're not going to get crazy. You're not going to get a bunch of other stuff. I need to know so we can celebrate. Text it right now. 864-606-3600. Keyword alive. Keyword alive. Can we celebrate in this house? Come on. Come on. Hey, listen, I'm just going to stay up here as we close the service. And I want y'all to move if you want to move or stay if you want to stay. But I, I want you to let this song minister to you as we sing it and make it a declaration, not just for this moment, but going forward. I'm not going to be isolated anymore. I'm going to cut off the conundrum that, of community and I'm going to attach to it. I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm going to be bought in. And let's make this song a declaration of freedom in Jesus' name. Come on. Let's just lift our hands and sing in Jesus together.